Hi, I'm Kate. And I'm Mandy. And this is Love Sober. The podcast for the sober and sober curious. Hi there, welcome back to Love Sober, the podcast for the sober and sober curious. Uh, today we're delighted to be uh, welcoming Clemmie Telford uh, on the pod with us. So Clemmie is an Instagrammer, podcaster, creative director and mum of three kids uh, with a little one, so still one under five, which is tough times. Two um, under five. And so we wanted to yeah. two under five. Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. So six, four and one and a half and two boys. Um, yeah. Not the boys are, you know. <laughs> I don't want to like... Not their gender, but God, they've got a lot of energy. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so we really wanted to talk to Clemmy today about her kind of sober discovery journey and also um, a little bit about her experiences working in social media and how that has kind of um, been impacted by that drinking culture. So we always start the podcast just by checking in and saying hi. So hi Clemmy, how are you doing today? I am good thank you, I'm good. Mm. Kate? Um, How long have you got? (laughs) Not as long as you need. (laughs) I'm, I'm all right but like it's like I'm limping towards the finish line of summer holidays, period of school closure, no holiday, etc. And it's like I've kind of broken my leg and I'm like like dragging it behind me and I'm going, but I'm nearly there. I'm nearly there. They're about to go back to school. Is you know what? I think, I'm saying, all right, I've spent a lot of this week crying and a lot of people have said it's because like, the summer's almost over, which is kind of sad in itself. We're a bit broken. And also there's that kind of new term, new mm. year, which comes with a whole a bit of pressure, doesn't it? does. Suddenly, have I achieved what I want to achieve in this year? Can I pull it back in the next three months? So, yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I think there's that, um, well, I've got a bit of guilt as well. And, and oh, I was thinking about, like, ebbing and flowing and giving yourself rest. And I know that I'm like okay I've got the guilt of work because I'm like okay I haven't done enough on that but then I've got the mum guilt because I'm like no I can't make well I've got to make a rainbow skittles cake in a bit for birthday and then (laughs) but I haven't had a rest between one and And the other so no wonder there's been the tears (laughs) you know what I mean yeah yep how are you man um yep I am (laughs) well this is this will go out a few weeks after the effect but um I uh had a car accident uh two days ago so I um unfortunately wrote off my car and um yeah it was pretty terrifying I um was just like pulling out of a junction and a car was speeding and, and it was a big four by four Range Rover and uh, and so I just didn't see it so I clipped it span 360 hit a wall hit another wall um yeah so I'm wow. a little bit uh yeah it was mm. pretty terrifying but luckily everyone's all right and we sort of said didn't we uh, the day after how amazing it is the sort of work we've done being sober in the fact that your brain rather than going to sort of deep dark places of kind of crisis and fear like instantly kind of goes to gratitude like you know I mean after the effect I was like you know really shaken up and I was with my daughter and you've got all those like sort of flashing kind of Mm. ideas about it and 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 that like was I right was I wrong what did I do etc but then it was just like you know, thank fuck I'm alive and isn't life bloody worthy and important. And, 
yeah, I've just felt really grateful. So it's been a bit of an interesting one. But um, and also, yeah. and other like, than that, you imagine know. if you'd also had the kind of the aperitif as well and mm. just the one that you were kind of like under the limit and mm. that had happened because mm. a it could have been much worse but b all of that kind of shame as well and that self-torture that mm. you would yeah. have had around that you know what i mean so yeah 100 yeah. and i de- definitely like went through my mind it was yeah. just like oh but I, you know, they could breathalyze the fuck out of me. Yeah, exactly. Please do, please do. Yes, a drugs test as well. Anything? <laughs> so yeah, no, that's been. Um, so I'm just watching, keeping an eye on my daughter for for any kind of sign of trauma. But I don't want to be like on her back either and be like, oh, "Are you okay?" You know, sort of manifesting trauma that's not there. But um, she seems fine. So. Yeah, it's all fun and games. Um, but the sort of just practicality side of that is now I don't have a car and mm. like the kids go back to school next week and it's like, okay, yeah, of course we haven't done the bus pass yet. You know, of course we could have done that like six weeks ago. But anyway, oh. there we go. Grateful to be alive. Yeah, um, all right, so let's start by sort of diving into your story, Clemmy, if that's all right. Uh, yeah. Sort of what... Uh, brought you to the idea the the curiosity of going sober and um yeah a little bit about your drinking story if that's okay yeah it's it's kind of interesting to reflect on this so where do I begin I was drinking like in my teens as everybody did mixed spirits and we're the the alcohol pops generation weren't we and Malibu and Coke was my tipple of choice and actually I think I was kind of relatively normal in that stage and then I went to uni which was definitely my first real taste of freedom as it is for everybody's and I really really got on board with drinking and I I would have credited myself with being the most one of the most fun people I thought um yeah got smashed and then what I thought was a bonus is that I was never sick and I would never lose control of my body. I could kind of drink indefinitely, but I did suffer with blackouts basically every time that I went out, which again, I was under the illusion that that was pretty normal. And I guess it kind of was normal in our friendship group. We were all at it. So that carried on, fun times. And also I should add not particularly bad hangovers. I guess that's the benefit of youth, isn't it? Mm-hmm. But I was not a puker, so that always went well. Then I went and started my career, which is in advertising, which, as everybody knows, is an industry fueled by this kind of work hard, play hard attitude. Couldn't believe my luck. We used to have a free bar Thursday and Friday after work, go and drink as much as you could, get hammered. And again, it was really fun. And that's the point when you kind of made those brilliant friendships and also were. You got to talk to your boss and it very much felt intrinsically part of it. But sometime around then, in my mid-twenties, I also met my husband who, who liked to party as well. And we had this day that is famously called Black Sunday where we had a load of mates around for a roast and we just drank endless, endless, endless bottles of wine. I can't even imagine how many we drank. And then the next day I woke up with the most severe kind of paranoia, anxiety, wanted the world to swallow me up. And I worked in an open plan office. So it was a pretty grim day. And it was the first, I think I also should add, I ended that night falling down the stairs in, in a thong, in a kind of 
2000 era thong, which were very small, weren't they? <laughs> At that time. Yeah. Um, so it wasn't got an proud, image. Got you know the one. Not yeah. my proud moment. Um, but that was a real kind of, yeah, light bulb moment that something needed to change. So I kind of actively reined my drinking in a bit then, was a bit more aware, and I got my second job and didn't really want to be quite as famed for being drunk. And then around that time, my mental health was at, at its most at its worst state that it's ever been actually I got diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder started being really phobic of going on the tube etc etc and I was also still partying but I'll be honest at that point until actually this year I hadn't reflected that the two had any yeah that they were involved you're not alone it's not really talked about oh god my mental health is terrible but didn't think to to tie them together but we got married and was I was in like kind of a pit of anxiety around that time. And then quite soon after we got pregnant. And actually, from someone who suffered with bad mental health, I was I was worried about going into that, you know, being pregnant and hormones and stuff. But actually, although probably no, I did struggle after having my first, but more in kind of postnatal depression. My anxiety was in the best place that it had ever been. That had almost disappeared. And I hadn't, again, until I reflected, it's because it was the time of being sober. And then fast forward six years, I've now had three kids. And so actually in in the last six years, I've been predominantly sober because they're either pregnant, breastfeeding, or having kids that don't bloody sleep. And so when I had my third child, Greta, who's now one and a half, as she stopped breastfeeding and I started getting a little bit of sleep, I was like rubbing my hands together. I was like, brilliant, at last, I'm going to be able to get back on the booze and, you know, be that fun clemmy. And there's a massive identity thing with that because you're like, oh, I'm going to basically be like my 29-year-old self. I'm, of course I'm not. And as that, as that rolled around and I began to go out more, I had developed this coping strategy, which is where I'd leave every, <laughs> any night out at half ten was like we joked with my friends like it's the Cinderella effect, but it was my coping strategy that however bad a hangover would be, it would be all right if I left at half ten. And I should say my hangovers just presented themselves as anxieties, anxiety, and paranoia. And then in May this year, I went out with a group of friends and we went met in the afternoon, which suits me because it meant as quite a long stretch before half ten, and I left at nine o'clock. And you know what? I didn't drink much that day. I probably had two glasses of wine, max. Yet, as I got the train home, this paranoia set in. And the rest of that group went out till five in the morning. And, of course, all got rough the next day. But as I spoke to them the next day, they were able to revel in the fun of the night. Whereas I, who'd done nothing, who'd left early, was in this paranoid state. And I was just like, this this isn't normal. I kind of needed that really stark thing that, yes, of course, everyone gets hangovers, but the impact on my mental health. And then I reflected that, it, um, yeah, about the relationship with my with alcohol and my mental health. And so I'm just going to keep talking. <laughs> Sorry, I'm rambling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
during that time, I also had what I think is like the universe chucking some big signs at me. I had Millie Gooch from the Cyber Girl Society on my podcast, and I talked to her, and she was the first person really that introduced me to the idea of being sober and not in recovery because yeah. that's a bit yeah. that I couldn't unpick for myself. I don't think I. I think I was. I don't even think I had that bad a relationship with alcohol. I think that alcohol has a negative effect on my mental health in the same way that I know that if I have three coffees, I'll be my, you know, same thing. And yeah, her talking to me about sobriety in that as a choice, as a positive choice with a light bulb moment. And I also met a guy called Sober Dave on Instagram and um, at Bryony Gordon's book lodge. And he was on the same journey. And I was like, okay, I've, I've got to try this. I've got to try it for mm. myself. And, and, and so I did it. And I cannot believe how positive it's been. So that's where I'm at now. Amazing. Yeah, I mean, that's what I think, you know, certainly where we've come from um, too. You know, it's like there's, as you say, like there's a spectrum of different people's experience and everyone's experience is different. And, you know, all we're getting presented in the media up until now is this kind of rock bottom you know alcoholic Mm. or Mm. or you're a normal drinker and that's the only thing we've ever been presented and then when you start to talk to more people and when you start to engage with the sober community it's like oh right so you didn't oh it wasn't like that for you but you just felt like something was wrong or you felt like it didn't feel good or you know and that's the sort of question we always come to is just like but how does it make you feel like are you happier without it and Mm. You know, I always say, like, I can't unlearn how good sober feels. Like, exactly. you know, I've, in the last six years of kind of being on my sober journey, you know, I have gone back to drinking, you know, more than once. And every time was just like that question would come back. It's like, but wasn't I happier sober? Yeah. Like, wasn't I happier? And I having think- my own mental health history is like now I, I understand it's like yes you were because you weren't breaking your mental health by drinking yeah. alcohol you know and that's the thing it's just like oh okay it does affect your anxiety like it does affect your depression so you know anyone mm. that's suffering from mental health will you know it's not a magic pill but they will significantly be able to manage their mental health better, better. yeah without yeah, yeah. drinking you know and it hasn't been linked you're absolutely right I mean this is something we started talking about on the pod last year isn't it and it's very yeah. Ramsey's really helped me with that because similarly I had uh suffered from anxiety since I was a teen um and what I realized I was doing it, again it's like I wasn't wheels off the wagon I wasn't to to the outside world I was pretty much drinking about what was normal you know um but yeah, those those hangovers, that that kind of why are you all sleeping and I'm up at three AM with the sweats and then eating leftover <laughs> curry, hating myself. Like I mean, yeah. why why am I like, I just couldn't piece it together. And it's almost like and I think there's been that shift with the things like, you know, with Millie, with Instagram, with Soberistas, there's been this conversation, there's been a shift of like you it's like we've been given permission to stop almost. It's like yeah. Yeah. no one was given us permission. I know it sounds like that's handing over to everyone but it's like when you're presented with the fact that if you make this choice you must belong to a club called alcoholics it's like well I don't I don't feel good about that and it doesn't quite all the language didn't resonate or anything so these chats you know this sort of having just you know people sharing their stories I think has Mm -hmm. just changed the whole landscape of it 
last few years. Yeah, and I think it's very, you know, it's it's important to recognise that, you know, there is a, a spectrum of addiction, you know, and I, like perhaps, you know, I'd say that, I mean, I was very depressed at one point. I was in, you know, burnout from work, you know, yeah. everything was very, very challenging at the moment, you know, and my relationship with alcohol at that moment was quite bad you know and like and it would have got a lot worse and luckily you know I went to therapy and luckily I thought in order to stop at that moment you know you call it early intervention it's like thank goodness mm. like I did and I have no sort of now now that I've been talking about this subject for so long I know I don't have any problem saying yeah I probably was addicted to alcohol in the fact that I was addicted to cigarettes and I was addicted yeah. to yeah because it's an addictive yeah. substance made in Chelsea for for a moment there thank god I don't watch that anymore but like <laughs> Jesus that, that was like that was, was at one point it was like a real crux to like deal with motherhood I'd watch these <laughs> yeah, shit TV programs you know and I don't do that anymore but like so we do you know there is a spectrum there but everyone's experience is different and none of that matters it's like the only thing that matters is how does it make <laughs> you feel yeah. and I think you're right this thing of bit like permission is is amazing because it's like oh right I can do this like yeah. and it's good with the motherhood journey you know we all know it that baptism and fire of having your entire identity stripped away from you you know like you haven't got your career you haven't got your body you haven't got a social life it's no wonder you turn to booze because it's a tiny, quick access to to escapism, and you're so unbelievably trapped in those first. Well, you're trapped. <laughs> That's the big bad. One hundred percent, and I think that resonates yeah. very much with both of us, as when our drinking took a well for me took a darker turn, and I can really like you say, you know how important that reflective thing is mm. to be able to reflect on it. And and I just sort of think we'd moved to a new town and um, I didn't know anyone, had no support and was stuck in and my husband was working really late doing newspaper shifts and I had my two kids and I couldn't get out. And it's like, oh my God, like me in the patio and the bottle of wine and the party for one, you know, that sad yeah. state. And I, I was freaking miserable um, and your you relationship know. you know it's as you're busy being parents and you, you're yeah. talking to each other in a way that you'd never expect it you know through clenched jaws and actually <laughs> you open a bottle of wine together or pour a gin and you briefly access a part of your relationship well for us which is a better a, a more carefree time but yeah yeah, yeah I think it's I think that and it's important to note to note that that there is that fuzzy line you know and it's hard when you're in it it's hard to know that the, the difference and when you we live in such a comparison sort of society now that you're looking at other people going well they're doing it so it should be all right you know yeah. and, and they're managing so you know and we're all hung over in the park so that's okay yeah. you know and it's kind of funny and we kind of like chivvy each other along but it's like but internally there was something that was really really not okay and it's that shame it was just like you know that yeah incredible and just that self sort of um your self-esteem you know you're kind of starting to make rules around it and it's like okay well I won't drink on like Monday Tuesday Wednesday but like Thursday's okay because it's nearly the weekend and Friday and then you like meet your friend you go ah oh, fuck it like okay Tuesday and then you're like oh I said I wouldn't do that like I'm such a bad, bad person and mm. that sit down with spot yeah yeah and that's why when people 
actually stop drinking you know it's such a revelation because it's like oh my god like I feel good I feel proud of myself Mm. you know and especially when you've got young kids I mean it's there's not a lot of kind of like thanks or love coming back at you you know Uh. (laughs) it's not exactly a a point of huge kind of like uh, yeah feeling good or you know there's a lot of discipline and just basically making feeling like you're ruining everyone's world <laughs> or just being taken or just being taken for granted all the time yeah. yeah so like being sober that does that it brings that kind of like pride and like well yeah then, you know yeah it's, it's, it's not bad it's yours right it's your own it's it's yours yeah yes. i think that's blog post i wrote i think it's the best gift i've ever given myself and Aww. what an amazing thing to be able to kind of because it is the ultimate kind of peel choosing your own path isn't it we we all go to school lots of people go to uni do this we all go out and you know you're on this kind of cycle of what's expected and to be able to pull yourself out of something that is so culturally expected feels brave yeah, and yeah. also feels like um, yeah, it's badass and re- rebellious yeah, I, I i feel very much like it yeah. takes the rebel bo- box for me of like no i'm not gonna fuck because you know i used to hate that whole like um you know not on new year's day from kind of there was that whole thing you get the dfs adverts on telly and everyone would go and buy a new sofa and i used to really really rail against i mean i still do i'm like fucking herds of people going to buy sofas on new year's day or what i don't know you know that the new year's sales i'd be like i don't want to shop at new year i want to shop when it's at the most expensive when's your birthday june so there was that that yeah that kind of like i am not going to follow the herd with this and i love i love that it feels special to me i have to say it does i agree but who knew and i think that is the thing that i had i went into this hoping it would help me but not expecting it to be a gift and then i think it's really hard until you're on that journey yourself people are like well why oh go on just have have a drink and my comparison again is to smoking. I smoked quite heavily for a long time and then gave up. And now I know that I could have a drag of a cigarette and I'm never going to smoke again. And recently, I, I like I want my husband got a really lovely bottle of red wine, so I wanted to taste what that expensive bottle of wine tasted like. But I knew that there was no chance I was going to drink any more than putting it on my lips because I'm interested. Mm-hmm. And and it's not that for me that isn't even a battle to be honest because the the gift of sobriety not you know a an amazing glass of wine isn't going to compare yeah 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 and i think um i think this identity thing like you know i think it it really resonates with identification um because there was that kind of rebellion you know we were the ladettes we were yeah. like kind of yeah. fuck you like we can drink with the boys and it was kind of emancipating in a really yeah. weird, it was it was way mm. you know because it was like right no we can do anything like the boys and then we were put into the working world and it was like hey now we're going to work now we've been given the key to the table so we have to use it you know mm. and I felt like that like like I have to be able to do everything because otherwise I'm failing like uh, the whole feminist movement like I took it on myself mm. you know um but there's the support isn't there and so and and so when I started following people like Holly uh, Whitaker uh who's hip sprouty now the temper who was like this you know American tattooed kind of you know badass it really fed into that kind of that rebellion side mm. of me and that activism side of me which is yeah. like oh you know actually going against the crowd is like there's things that have gone wrong here 
with alcohol and women and and that that kind of yeah it yeah, needs to be with uncoupled and demystified and yeah. it's like no yeah I do want to rebel I do want to choose I do want to be emancipated and that has nothing to do with drinking do with alcohol. alcohol it just needs no, the whole yeah. thing needs to just be separated it's like it's rubbish yeah. uh, um, so um you talked about your kind of mental health what about your personal growth or what what have you noticed that you really think wow like that's really changed since you've been sober um well first of all everyone keeps asking me what I'm using on my skin which is like mm. vacuous I'm like and then when you go oh, yeah I'm sober like, oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. give me another give me a product yeah because yeah. again it's that interesting thing I really didn't consider myself to be drinking very much by the time I gave up but that it can physically have such a difference I am on a, my own kind of fitness journey and to never have an off day to never have a day when I don't fancy it because I feel because even if you don't think that drinking is affecting your kind of energy levels it, it just is it's accumulative isn't it so there, yeah. there is never a, a Sunday morning for me they're all they're all the same and then the the, the biggest game changer is the quality of sleep you know yeah. we've all blamed it on our kids all this time and of course <laughs> yeah. they are blame but I can't help but thinking the self-medicating of mums yeah. is also contributing to that yeah yeah that was a yeah. big, big, big goal for me that, for sure yeah. like guys all those problems <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I'd be interested to get your opinion on that, you know, working in social media and having, mm. you know, being part of of that kind of movement, I guess, of honest parenting, if I can yeah. say that. You know, how do you think that, do you think brands have latched onto that? And do you think there is this mummy wine culture that has, uh, what's your opinion yeah, on that which, kind of mummy wine culture? We talked about that off, off mic, didn't we? But yeah. when I had my eldest who's six there was really not this honest parenting and that was what contributed to my kind of diagnosed uh postnatal depression of kind of not feeling feeling like everyone else is doing it better and so of course I couldn't be like more relieved and excited that we have got to this chapter which is the honest parenting where we're all showing warts and all but it, it has gone too far hasn't it if if yeah, it's a shorthand to to mums having fun and not presenting any other way to do it. And yeah, of course, I mean it's not it's not just brands, is it? It's also actually not just mums. I again, as I get into this fitness journey, you see it there as well. You know, mm. fitness brands will will do a workout and then we'll have beers afterwards, and it's just like yeah. Again, I don't want to sound judgy, but you have to realise how much it has infiltrated everything. It just feels, yeah, bizarre that that should be the, the shorthand to us relaxing now. Yeah, I think because just to go on this judgy word, because it's a difficult one, right? Because you, But I think it's part of the process of rejecting alcohol that you have to kind of see it like, you know, in a different mm, way. Yeah. So I don't think it's, it's like calling I don't bullshit, think you're being really, judgy. I think yeah, yeah I think also, it's, it's mm, part of the process yourself, just like I think. Because oh. you know, you realise I'm also oh my God, I feel like I'm on a million journeys, but I'm on a massive relationship with the diet industry and trying to get out of that. And once you begin to see these messages that we've literally been brainwashed, that you know, we yeah, starve yeah. ourselves and that allows things, but it's okay to go and drink loads at the weekend. I mean how on earth were we meant to navigate it? We were such confusing messages. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. 
And so uh, I'd be interested to know what sort of feedback you've had. Like, how do you navigate it with your friendship group? And, you know, how, how has it worked for you? What do you say to people? You know, how do you approach the subject? So my, my tactic at first is to keep it really low key because I wanted to test it for myself and feel, yeah, feel like it was something for me. And then I guess on the one hand, if you have been pregnant and had small kids, it, it isn't that much of a leap. You know, I've been in this situation sober for a while. I think that people don't really realise that it's how big it is and that I, I see this probably as, well, within reason forever now. But, yeah, they don't. But then that's fine. I don't need them to. I think the biggest journey has been with my husband, and I've talked to a lot of people about that. I've When I first announced on social that I was pregnant, a guy got in touch and said to be warned, him and his husband both went sober and then they ended up splitting up because they realised what how fundamental alcohol was to their relationship. And I'm really trying with Ben and I, like we're going to my brother's wedding the week after next. And I am myself, I'm really looking forward to being sober there and being present. But I also need to navigate for myself how to allow him to go and drink in the way that he wants mm. and not have an argument. <laughs> and it's really hard. Yeah, Yeah, we've talked about this, haven't we, Mandy? And it's one of those, it's quite interesting because it is something, I think, that and sober sex is something that we're still a bit shy of talking about. I'm not going to ask you to go there now. (laughs) But, um, you know, there's there's still those areas which they they are really sticky ones. And I think that relationship one, I mean, I know for, for me, my husband, it helped because my husband and I both sort of said, right, we're adults because I was terrified because you'd hear these things and I was like oh my god are we gonna split up because I don't drink it it was like Matt and it's like that's kind of ridiculous isn't it in some ways Mm. um and and not in others right um but just to say actually well you're an adult and I'm an adult right I and you you always say don't you man you can't change people places or what is it things and so that that I I identified when you said sobriety is something for you or being alcohol yeah, is something exactly. for you. It felt like that. I don't want him involved. I don't want to be partnered up with someone who could knock me off balance for sure. So if you know you have that when people quit together, if one of them then goes back to drinking, yeah, 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 it's much better to have it as like your own thing and to get your support in appropriate ways so that you're your relationship like your other half on my point in my view can just be themselves you know what i yeah. mean like otherwise yeah. you're I well i think it's codependent almost grounds aren't you it's i don't like, know you know it's not yeah i mean i struggle mm. with these topics not only mm. because i i fight well because i have ptsd you know and so i have kind of hyper vigilance issues so i i'm not that easy Funnily enough, I'm not that ease, at ease around drunk people. Like, it kind of, like, makes me anxious. And so I have to manage that by putting in boundaries of just really choosing where I go and what I do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and also, like, I've because I have really bad sleep anxiety, you know, I, I, it's taken a really long time. And, and, it, and these are these things I think it's – we have this expectation of, like, sorting everything out straight away. But you will get there, but it – it just takes time because it took a really long time for my husband and I to try and work out how we were going to do this, mm. you know, that he could have a few drinks and 
and yeah. not have an argument and those yeah. things. And it ended up as basically like we don't like if he either he does it out of sight, out of mind, yeah. <laughs> you know, or like he sleeps on the sofa, you know, or just things like that. So it's like, OK, you can do your thing, but I, I don't want to resent you because I don't sleep because I've done everything to remove alcohol from my life, you know, and I don't want it still wrecking sort of one of the reasons, main reasons why I stopped was because I don't, you know, I have insomnia. So yeah. at least the sleep I do get is quality and good sleep rather than kind of drunken passing out yeah. sleep. Yeah, and I think, you so know, think like in that, the same you know, way, though, that we ask ourselves, okay, well, what is the need? So so if you've got that trigger of, oh, God, I just want to freaking drink or something. Well, am I wanting fun? Am I wanting relaxation? Yeah, it's the same yeah. as as the as in your relationship. So maybe you, you need a date night. Maybe you need to go out and find a new hobby. Like, like there are so many things to do and we've just got used to doing that one thing. Well, what other things that could you explore yeah. together and like see it as an adventure, you know? Yeah. Mm. And that's really hard yeah. when you've got little kids as well. Yeah. And you've got you're squeezed with resources. So, you know, I go no, I'm saying that now because my kids are no, slightly older, not. but you know. Interestingly, a lot of people do ask him how he's finding it and mm. I was like, do you feel like, you know, you've lost part of me or is it an issue for you? And he just feels endlessly happy that he's not having to talk me through terrible paranoia yeah. the night yeah. after. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. So he'd rather I talk to him about my sober journey than, like, <laughs> ask him whether I'm a terrible person. <laughs> yeah, that was like my <laughs> husband as well. It's like yeah. you can't have it both ways, right? You know, so yeah. it's, it's much better that you don't have to deal with the hungover. No, yeah, yeah. sure. Oh, it's, God. it's learning to, because uh, I'm uh, the other question I keep asking is, am I boring? And he's like, you're absolutely not. And you you just have to really kind of, yeah, that's the, the uncomfortable part of this journey, isn't it? Learning that I'm not going to dance on tables anymore. Maybe I will in time, but probably not. <laughs> but then I probably wouldn't have done anyhow. This is the thing, again, it's like, yeah uncoupling it from trying to claw back my youth which I we're not I'm not in my 20s anymore yeah yeah Yeah, I mean I did a huge um kind of work in cognitive behavioral therapy on that because I you know I had kids quite young so my daughter's 13 my son's 11 so I was 26 when I had my daughter so all my friends were still getting wasted and you know and so I was stuck in between, you know, my heart was saying, I don't want to do that anymore. Yeah. Like that, that wasn't on my values list of being a parent, you know. Yeah. But the other side, like everything around me was like kind of, I was still stuck. I was stuck in mm. sort of romanticizing that part of, yeah. of my life. And mm. it took a lot to kind of sort of separate that out and just go, oh, you know what? it's all right to be an adult like yeah. being an adult this is this is the natural progression of life yeah, and that's what I worked with my therapist and he was just like yeah go on do you know sorry I was gonna say as well um I, I have a, a memory of going to I think my son was three and four and my daughter was about one and my husband was working and I'd gone to see my mum I didn't know that I had pneumonia at the time right and it was freezing cold and I was in this park and at that time I'd gone to the doctor this is going back a few years and I'd gone to the doctor and said I think I've got a problem with my drinking and it's just not making me happy so I got sent off to ad action and they recommended that I moderate 
<laughs> that's what people yeah. always did in like you know eight years ago and I think um, they still do to be honest and but, yeah. I, yeah and and I just remember I went back and and he talked to me about gratitude and I'd said well yeah you know and I was stuck in this park and I was like yeah and I did sort of have a moment even though I was really coughing I thought right oh uh, well at least I've got a mum to go and see <laughs> neuronia right and he just looked at me and he sort of had such compassion he said to me oh just keep fighting the good fight and yeah. I was like you know I really needed that like moment of compassion I also needed antibiotics I needed a fucking rest <laughs> do you know what yeah, I mean you just want someone to go you're and right it's it hard real. yeah and yeah. Th- there's part of that's what my point was the transition to motherhood and those early days when we've got all this pressure on us there's part of that that is just really really tough isn't it yeah no one can make it take it away unfortunately because it's like that classic thing people say oh why didn't you tell me it's like because we couldn't you couldn't hear it until you've lived it yeah yeah Yeah. no it's it's yeah really really tough (laughs) and I think that's the thing is like when you take away like we always say that sobriety is our anchor you know because it's like you don't stop having hard times you know Kate had a bereavement last year like I lost a friend this year you know Kate's had lots of problems sort of with her son um and ADHD and you know we're still getting thrown yeah sober is that that kind of is the anchor of like right well at least I'm not like it's not dealing all with a hangover as well. yeah at least I'm winning at this and it's something you yeah. can be in control of yeah I yeah. think this that's to be yeah and it's a good thing because I remember as well I had a funny old word with control um, yeah. a whole a, re- a relationship with the word control no. that, that is and sort of yeah but to to and I've had to evolve and kind of own that in a way because I used to think of me, you know, I don't know, it's still, it's no, still uncomfortable. With my therapist, it. I went through the same thing of being a control freak because she's like, but Clemmie, that, that the control freak traits are what served you really, really well yeah. <laughs> and own them. They've, they, you know, yeah. they've made you sort your finances to get a house, to get a job. They've, so, yeah, you know, it's a lot to be said to for it as well. Yeah, I think you're right. And I think oh, yeah. maybe that's part of that generational thing we're talking about and the floaty concepts that somehow to be a control freak is a negative thing. Well, why is yeah. it? Like, yeah. why is that negative? Shit, yeah. Why is it yeah. not just having your shit together, yeah. actually? Yeah. Maybe that yeah. needs a bit of challenge. But it's the same you know? thing of, like, at school when people are, oh, no, I didn't revise. Well, you did. You did a bit. Like, there's very few people who went into an exam without having at least done a tiny bit. And then if you're like me, who had a lot of highlighters, you're made to feel sad about that. Why wouldn't I? I mean, oh, I didn't make stuff. I love stationery. Yeah, I, love stationery. I, did a, I, did a, I didn't revise, but I didn't pass anything. <laughs> I didn't revise Sorry, that, that well, but still, you know. But, my but yeah, I mean, it's the same as like when you're, t- you know, we're, we're, we sort of, have self taken to be highly sensitive people you know mm. and it's like being serious or being sensitive has, has been like a kind of a negative label on my back and it's like it's well okay there's beautiful things about being sensitive yeah even though sometimes it's it's hard it's very tedious I agree <laughs> and that's a whole other conversation <laughs> yeah it's whole, interesting. Uh, HSP and the same people with these you know that's it I don't think that I was an addict but I think that my natural personal yeah mental health I suppose it's all the same things it isn't can't deal with substances very well yeah and I think that's what why these conversations thank goodness are changing and people are talking because it's like this shame or this stigma attached to it and then when you start unpicking it and 
you know, if you look at the Me Too movement and you look at the relationship between trauma and sort of mental health and alcohol, maladaptive behaviour with alcohol, you know, it's it's very, very clearly linked. And so there's a lot of women out there that have had experiences that have been traumatic. Yeah. And, you know, that is going to impact on the way they drink alcohol to self-medicate, you know, yeah. to numb out those feelings. So there's so many things that are like, it's not just like we're weak or stupid or whatever, but, yeah. you know, there's a whole but thing. Of and also kind of a tangent but you know coming from the creative industries where fundamentally lots of those people must be extremely emotionally connected to in order to be creative and then they're all self-medicating in order for the industry to function it's no wonder then all these people get spat out the other side because they're kind yeah. of people who should least have it right yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. All right, so we should probably wrap up. Yeah, we can talk for just a long before time. Before you, just before you finish, I wanted to just tell us a little bit about your podcast and your work and things that are coming up. Yeah. So I have two things. Well, I have lots of things, but the things that are kind of my I'm constantly working on. I have Mother of All Lists, which is now in four and a half years old, which is a collection of first person lists about every single experience going really although we could do some more sober ones on there and it's just for me the fundamentals of it is that whenever something challenging happens in life there's such reassurance from finding other people who've experienced it too that never feeling alone so that's it, it started with me trying to navigate like my own personal journey through motherhood and feeling alone and and now it's become this beast of its own right and I'm very proud of it and then honestly podcast is I mean, as the title suggests, it's me trying to have really honest, open conversations about difficult subjects. And again, that same thing that when when you get faced with a tricky conversation, we we avoid it, whether that be about death or race or I've got one about infertility. But actually, there's such power in being able to talk and trying to move past that initial awkward stage and get to the, the crux of it. So, yeah, that's amazing. amazing. I love that. Brilliant. I love that. Mm. And um, yeah, because we were sort of saying that I suppose it's just feeling the same about like once you start sharing your stories, once you start having the chat, it's just it takes the fear out of it, doesn't well, it? I just and want shame. Every, and... What we just had for the last hour, like it's like therapy. And, yeah, and every podcast, I feel like so grateful that someone else's story makes me reflect on my own in a different way. Yeah, yeah. I love that. I love it. That sounds mm. awesome. Um, cool. And go on, man. You're, no, no, I was you're just going to say today. that. I'm not on it at all. <laughs> <laughs> it's because I've actually for once printed out the questions. So I'm like, okay. Winning. Um, yeah, so well, it's because I'm having a social media break, which is a, a whole other conversation. Oh, right. Yeah, I think actually do some bloody is. work for once instead of on being. Yeah, no, I joking. think every, lots and lots of people are, get burnt out at the end of the summer I really do think there's you know it's there's a lot the summer holds a lot and I I, mean, I used to drink my way through the summer like it was the there's no rules you know I yeah. don't just drink on weekends it's like every day yeah and how on you apples you can drink pins and you can drink yeah yeah and somehow you should <laughs> to be, do to be anymore, winning anyway, somehow I'm feeling really really yeah. so I've been really really overwhelmed anyway um so I took a really radical uh, self-care, took my own medicine, radical self-care moved and deleted all social media for a month, which means that I've painted my nails and I've printed out the list of questions. You're winning. So there we go. 
Yeah. <laughs> so we always finish with a tip of the day and a reason to love sober. So that's what I was going to say. What's your tip of the day and your reason to love sober? Well, God, there's so many. This, this, this skin thing, like it—it's it, like the best thing we could do for your complexion ever. And it, and it's like not only is it free, it actively saves you money. Yeah. So, so that's good. And then um, kind of the antithesis of what you just said, but social media can be amazing in this. I have followed so many people in the global community and, you know, just them checking in or just seeing them on their journey is is hugely inspirational to me. So that would be mine. Yeah, I mean, I will be back because I'm not saying that. Yeah. not finding it easy by any any means but, um, <laughs> yeah we are writing a book at the moment so it is just like I've no 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 you've got to do what you've got to do and I do I do think um, maybe I have some sort of um, attention issues that were never picked up in school so it's like that those realizations of like actually I find it really difficult when I've got loads of things to do to yeah, concentrate yeah. so yeah, it's, it's self-catching but I I think Instagram is amazing for social yeah. change and activism. Mm. I just think it's yeah, it lights me up for sure. What's your reason to All be right, sober? Kate, anything more to say? What's my reason to be sober? Love sober. Um, to love sober today. Um, yeah. To... Oh my god, it's too big because because it is the most empowering thing that I could I have ever done for myself. Oh, awesome! So, That's lovely. Yay! I'm clapping. Um, <laughs> so we better wrap up. Thank you so yeah, much, my Kenny. pleasure. Thank you for having me, ladies. And yeah, we'll put, yeah, we'll put all your you. links underneath um, the podcast so people can find you. Um, but it's just, what is it? Uh, what are you on Insta? You're Clemmy Telford. Clemmy Telford, yeah. I think. And it's the mother of all lists that yeah. can find you and honest honestly podcast so um so if you're immediately concerned about your drinking obviously go to your gp or reach out on one of the sober forums we know soberistas has a confidential ask the doctor service and alcohol change uh, has agencies of local support in your area if you're in the uk um but yeah you're not alone just reach out you can always reach us on the love sober site um and that's info at love sober and send Mandy and I a message on that or Instagram but she's not on Instagram at the moment but I am <laughs> and if you are listening to this and you're thinking hmm maybe this is me maybe I need more support um then please come and join us um at Love Sober we have three uh, ways that you can get involved with what we do now we have um our own community of uh women on mighty networks which is a completely separate space from any other social media um so you can come and concentrate on your sobriety concentrate on personal development um we have um weekly meetings and uh webinars and uh lots of other things happening uh if you feel that perhaps one-to-one coaching might be something that could help you please get in contact with kate at kate um, at lovesober.com um, on the website we have a monthly newsletter you can sign up for and details of all the other things that we are doing we have the events um, coming up and also uh, if you want to really boss it and um, have some support through your first 30 days then we have uh, an email course that 
Kate wrote, which is a wonderful bursting full of resources and daily tips uh, of how to uh, start your sober journey. Yeah. Okay. And we'll see you next week for more chat. Bye. Thank you so much. Bye-bye.